About a month ago, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and typically on Thanksgiving, I give the same exact homily every year, um, but then it's kind of new when you meet new people because they have no idea what's going to come out of your mouth. But I always hold toilet paper in my hands, and some people are thinking, like, why is the priest holding toilet paper? Well, just want to ask you, when's the last time you thank God for toilet paper? Maybe just imagine your life without it, right? And then my challenge eventually in my homily is to not complain about anything ever again. Because really, what good does complaining do? Now, mind you, if something is unjust, like you have full right to complain. (laughs) But in general, we just complain too much. And I want to tell you a story about my former pastor named Father Matt. He's now at Nativity Parish in Green Bay. And when he was, um, before he came to Anago, where I was previous to being here, he was at St. Jude's Parish in Oshkosh, and they would do mission trips. And they went to Haiti. And when they went to Haiti, they were helping build schools. Now, that's a third world country, so they're much more poor than you and I are. And as they were making cement, they would take the paper from the cement bags and throw them away. And they started to feel tension with the Haitian people. And they started making more. And then the the tension was just almost palpable. And then they went to go throw all the paper from the cement bags away. And the Haitian people ran for it. And my pastor, now Father, Father Matt at the time, and him and the people are like, what in the world is going on? And one of the Haitian people said, that's their toilet paper. How often do you and I take things for granted? It becomes so easy to complain. And it actually brings darkness in. When you and I become negative, dark, we lose hope. And we read in Romans 5, 5 that hope never disappoints. That is actually the last reading we had before like COVID went crazy on us, right? And this past three months, in my first three months as a chaplain at the University of Oshkosh, I've had to deal with a lot of poop, like literally. When they built the building there in 2008, the plumber must have been lazy that particular day. But the pipes that lead to the main sewage line have too many elbows or necks in them, so to speak. And this year, we had to call Roto-Rooter seven times. We literally have a porta potty in the backside of almost a brand new building. And I just kind of bring that up because, first of all, poop gets your attention. And second of all, I want to talk about the feeding trough we just heard about in our gospel reading. I hope you all know that it's not a mistake that you're here. For some reason, God brought you here. Maybe you think your husband or your wife or uh, relative brought you here, but no, it was God. And God has a message for each of you specifically, and I just want to pray right now that you can hear it. Because sometimes we think it's not for us, and it's exactly for you. So please pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, on this Christmas Eve, I just pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon my words and upon every single person here. 
that they may know that they are loved, that there is still hope for them, and that no matter what mess their lives may be, you desire to meet them in that mess. And please give us the grace to leave here with a proclamation that we have a Savior. Everyone has a Savior. We make all these prayers in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cuteness does not lead to conversions. You know, I've never met anybody who said, hey, I'm a Catholic Christian because it's so darn cute. Right? We have a manger, and we have songs away in a manger, and if we sing it tonight, no offense to musicians, but it's cute. But do you know what a manger is? Have you ever seen what a manger actually looks like? Because Mary and Joseph, right, we just heard about that. They were looking for a place to stay, and Jesus was placed in a manger. And we hear that word. I don't think a lot of us understand what that means. <laughs> a manger, another word for manger is feeding trough for horses, for cows, for lambs, right? And you have to imagine they're eating out of this feeding trough so like the food's going in and out. Like horses have giant teeth, right? It's gross. Spittle all over the place. And for some reason, we think this is cute. Jesus comes into this insane mess. He's placed there by Mary and Joseph because it's his plan to say that no matter how screwed up or poopy your life might be, he wants in. I think a lot of us miss that. We think that we have to be perfect to approach the person of Jesus Christ, but literally the word of God does not say that. And some of us feel like we are unworthy. We believe in a lie that we're unworthy. And sometimes because no fault of our own. Some things have been so God-awful rotten that have been done to us where we really believe that things are fine afterwards. Some of us have had just God-awful, horrible things done to us, or even we have done awful things to others, and people say, how are you? And we say, I'm fine. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've experienced it. And with what's happened to you, how could anything be fine. And Jesus wants to meet you in your mess. He wants to meet you in the darkness, the crap, whatever word you want to talk, use for. He wants to meet you there. And he wants to bring you, I think the gift that a lot of us need is he wants to bring you hope. He wants to bring you hope and he wants to redeem you to let you know that you actually are worth it. That whatever somebody did to you or you did to somebody else can be forgiven and redeemed. So you don't have to carry that weight around anymore. And you can pick him up out of that mess and move forward. Because without Jesus... Our lives are just poop.
right? And if you know what I'm talking about, if, you ha- if you've encountered the person of Jesus, he transforms everything. And there's nothing in your life and nothing in my life or Deacon's life or anybody around the world that is unredeemable. And our world has bought a lie that it's okay to be fine. And that's exactly what your mission and my mission is, is to tell people fine is never okay, especially with what some people have gone through. Horrible, heinous things that you could never imagine. And people say, I'm fine. And Jesus, the God of the universe, I mean, the universe is so huge, we don't have quite the vocabulary to even explain how amazing our God has become so small and a little baby. And sometimes we say, I can't approach God because I'm worthless. I'm damaged goods. And what's more approachable than a child? Children have a way of calming our hearts, but this child is unlike any other child. And Most likely, he wants you to leave whatever burden you're carrying, to have the courage to leave it at the foot of the altar and leave here with the truth that there's hope for you, that you're not damaged goods, that you're not worthless, you're not dumb, you're not stupid, you're not a waste of his time. He was placed there on purpose so you and I could start living our lives on purpose. Because he loves you so much. And only the light of his love, which is manifested on this day, will help you. Nothing else will help you. Nothing else will work. And for some, for some reason, a lot of people in our world, and you could probably name about 18 of them right now, think, eh, not a big deal. Christmas is about Santa Claus. Like, really? <laughs> this is such a mystery, my friends. And that mystery wants to be in you. <laughs> that mystery wants to be in you to take away every ounce of darkness, every awful thing that you have done or has been done unto you, And it wants to come in and love you at those broken points and redeem you and give you new hope. Because cuteness does not lead to conversions, but Christ does. The love of the Messiah, the love of the long-awaited Messiah, just as the Israelite people waited for centuries, he comes to us on this altar. And he wants to come in. He wants you to know who he is and why he came. So you and I do not doubt anymore so that we have courage and confidence to share him with other people who need to know this message, who need to know it's not a mistake that they're on this earth. To know that There is hope for them. There's a purpose for them. There's a plan for them. But if you and I don't know how to witness, to share what Jesus has done for us, how amazing it is that we get to receive him on this altar, 
then it's gonna be, well, Christmas is cute. But again, cuteness does not lead to conversions. But the personal intimate love of Jesus being born, God being born into a mess, into crap, literally, proves that you and I have hope. Because some of us believe in these weird lies that we're dumb, we're stupid, we're worthless, we're, ho- we're a lost cause. We can't get over this particular problem in our lives. And that's not the Christian message. The Christian, me- Christian message is, is that God came to shine light into all darkness so you may know the truth that you are loved. You may know the truth that if you have Christ, you have everything you need. And then it's so good that you have to share it with others. And even when it's three months of just crap in the pipes, right? You wouldn't have it any other way because you know the Lord is with you and he'll never leave you because that's what we pray, Emmanuel, right? God is with us. And he doesn't want you just to know it in your mind, but he wants you to know it in your heart. But what he needs is permission. And trust me, I know all about asking for permission. I have been begging the Diocese of Green Bay for permission to get this work done so we can actually use our toilets, right? And on December 3rd, we got permission. So on January 4th, they're going to start construction. And I think it's no, it's not a mistake that the Lord is starting construction like literally where I'm at. But most likely he might want to do a little construction with you to tear away all the lies, all the darkness, all the doubts, all the just junk so that you and I can start walking in the light with hope, with truth. But again, he needs permission. And if you give him permission to come in, it's not going to be an easy walk because the devil doesn't want you to know that you're loved. The devil doesn't want you to know that God became man specifically for you and that you are so loved, you are a child of God, you are a beloved son or daughter. He doesn't want you to know that he is truly present on this altar. But once you know, it's just so hard to complain because you know the Lord can redeem anything. And he can and he will if you give him permission. But you gotta ask him to come in. As everyone was telling Mary and Joseph, no room for you, no room for you, And he's placed into a manger, a feeding trough, literally. Full of, you know what? He wants you to open up. And it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you've been through. He just wants in to meet you where you're at, to help you know it's not a mistake that you're here. So when we, when we say joy to the world, it's not just a song, it's a way of life. And I just want to be real with you as I close my homily, how much more darkness can we see covering people? Seeing suicide rates go up, seeing alcoholism rates go up, seeing drug addictions go up. You and I have a mission. And people need to know this message so that we can live on mission, we can live on purpose and be much more grateful. Because if people in Haiti are just dying for a piece of paper, 
Imagine what, how they would live if they came here and all the things that you and I take for granted. So maybe I should just keep the challenge going that you and I should not complain so much. Unless something has been awful to us, we need to bring that to the light and find hope again. Because our world sure needs it. So no matter where you're at or what darkness may be in your life, all you have to do is say, Jesus, come in. I give you permission. And it might be a little bit scary. I get that. There's always the fear of the unknown. But I can only say from my own personal witness and my own journey with the Lord, it's all worth it. And it might be the first time or the millionth time. And then you usually wonder, why didn't I do this sooner? So we ask the Lord to come on this altar and to come into our souls, into our minds, into our hearts, and to set us free from all the awful things that have happened to you and I and from all the awful things that you and I have done. To know that he's good with messes. Messes don't scare him. So we take a moment of silence to ask for him to come in. Merry Christmas. God is with us. We have a Savior.